thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and while there's no games on the field to talk about, at least in Cleveland, at least in Progressive Field, we'll dive into the Indians offseason. We'll talk about some breaking news, some national news, some hot stove stuff. And I'm here today, I'm coming to you this morning because of the things that were said by Chris Antonetti in his postseason wrap-up. I know Antonetti, Chernoff, uh, Terry Francona all gave like postseason wrap-up press conferences. And I got to be honest, the things that Antonetti said, they bothered me. They got under my skid. I'm, I'm usually all right with the Indians' approach to how they handle things. But this, this was a, not an encouraging press conference if you're a Cleveland Indians fan. So we're going to go through some of the quotes that that he said some of the quotes that Mandy Bell pulled up in her article and uh, let's break down what he said because he, he was he uh, he was showing his cards a little bit here and uh, I, I think it's interesting and I'm also going to bring up the movie Moneyball and I, I know it's a movie I know but you'll see how it's relevant in a second here. So let's dive into this. Let's listen to what he well, not listen, but let's check out what he said and uh, see what we think about it. And then we'll also talk a little bit about the current postseason, the fall frenzy, and what's going on in Major League Baseball. So he starts off the video clip that MLB posted. He starts it off by saying that his objective as an organization is to build a consistently competitive team. And he brags that we've been in the postseason four out of the last five years. That is such a, such a deaf comment, right? It just, it, in no way are they listening to the fan base by making a comment like that. Because yes, we've been in the postseason four out of the last five years, but it's just, it's gone downhill. It's gone downhill every year since that 2016 World Series. And that's the opposite of what should happen. You shouldn't start at that World Series. You build to that World Series. This should have been the opposite course. Like, if, if it had gone the opposite way, if we had got bounced in the wild card round, bounced in the divisional round, uh, fought hard against the Yankees, but came up short, and then made it to the World Series, we'd probably all be patting them on the back. You did it. You finally got to the mountain top. But instead, it's taken the opposite course. And as a front office, how do they not see how much that frustrates the fan base? It hurts even worse than, you know, a team going into a rebuild. At least those teams know what to expect. This team has hopes, right? You tell us to hang our hopes on pitching. You tell us that great pitching always beats great hitting in the playoffs. And then you have a postseason like this where our great pitching gets destroyed by the Bronx Bombers. And... Yeah, the Yankees are a great team, and they eventually get bounced by the Rays here, 3-2 to two, in a very tough series, which, after a series of a lot of home runs, comes down to a really pitcher's duel, basically, in the fifth game, which is interesting. But I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be bragging to Indians fans that you've been in the postseason four out of five years. Maybe use that as a sales pitch for free agents. Maybe you could brag about it when you're at the winter meetings and you're all standing around on the golf course, you know, and drinking at the hotel bar and you could say, yeah, boys, we've been in the postseason four out of five years. But don't brag to the fan base because the fan base does not have good memories 
of three of those five years. Really, four of those five years. You're bragging about four of those five years. We're, you know, hating you for, well, not hating you. We're pissed at you for four of those five years. So I thought that was a little bit of a deaf comment, not listening to the fan base. All right, things he goes on to say. He goes on to talk about Francisco Lindor, and he's really, really showing his cards here. I think, again, we've come from a place where I think we have great appreciation for Francisco. Anytime an owner tell, or a president or a GM tells you that they appreciate a guy, that means, yeah, we like him, but there's no way we are paying him. If he says something like they're essential to the core of our team, you know, something like that, you know, uh, you know, the, he really pulls this team together. He's the leader of this team. That's a sign that, yeah, we want to keep this guy around. We appreciate you is something that they tell you as you're get, being let go from a company, right? Hey, we appreciate everything you've done for us, but unfortunately, we're downsizing your position. Sorry. Clean out your desk. So, that's not a good sign. He's one of the best ambassadors in the game. He understandably he expects he understandably expects to be compensated as such. Meaning we've talked with him and we are nowhere close. We expect to play him, pay him like a Cleveland player. He expects to be paid like one of the stars of the game. And he probably will end up being paid that much. Uh things he goes on to talk about. Oh, this is great. I think we can afford any individual player. It's less about that. It's about how do we build a team that's capable of contending. There you go. Straight up telling you. Like, yeah, basically responding to Lindor's comments where he's like, yeah, they've got millions of dollars. They just signed a billion-dollar TV deal as Major League Baseball. They've got plenty of money sitting around. That's what Lindor said, right? And Antonetti responds with, Yes, we absolutely have money. We could totally pay Francisco Lindor's contract, but he would be playing with an entire team of pre-arbitration eligible guys because that's all we'd be able to afford. In fact, we might not even be able to afford that. We might have to literally call for volunteers from old men's softball leagues all around the city to fill out the roster because Lindor would take up every penny we have. I mean, that's basically what he's saying in his comments here. I think we can afford any individual player. What a dirty, dirty comment. Like, do you think fans are going to fall for that? Do you think fans are going to hear that comment and go, oh, okay. Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. They can afford any player. That gives me hope. I'm going to, I'm going to dig into the hot stove. I'm going to, I'm going to look who's at the top of the list for every position and need I have. No. That's a that's a dirty comment because it means nothing. It absolutely means nothing. Uh, what else does he go on to say? And then he goes on to talk about the you know the pandemic and the financial realities of the pandemic. And I will I will give him a little bit of credit there that yes, of course we we don't even know what the 2021 season is going to look like. Is it going to continue to be a regional schedule? Are they going to continue to have player pools and no minor league baseball? You know, it, it's true that we don't know what to expect. Are there going to be fans in the stands? What we're going to expect from 2021? And you could say, hey, the NFL had fans in the stands. Hey, the Browns had, you know, I think it was 12,000 people maybe in the stadium yesterday. You know, so that's definitely a sign that Major League Baseball is going to have fans in the stand. We don't know what this disease is going to do. We don't know the course this is going to take. You know, is are things going to get worse before they get better? We 
honestly, I will give them credit there that we don't know what to expect out of 2021. But here's the most troubling and, and the biggest lie of all. They ask him basically, because of the financial losses, will the Indians now have to target an even lower figure, an even lower salary figure? And Antonetti says, we haven't gotten into the specifics of that. But, you know, as you look logically at what's happened over the course of the season and the uncertainty of what we're facing in 2021, our financial reality is, you know, it's daunting. First off, don't tell us that. Our financial reality is daunting. Those of us that have regular nine-to-five jobs, you know, that, you know, the working class of America, our financial reality is daunting. You're the owner of a major league baseball team, or at least the president of one. Your financial future should never be daunting. If it is, don't own a major league baseball team. How the heck does he get off saying that his financial future, the Indians' financial future, is daunting? And then uh, we haven't gotten into the specifics of that. Yes, you have. You have to have. As fans, we've gotten into the specifics of that. As as podcasters, we've gotten into the specifics of that. How have you as a front office not sat around for the last 60 days getting into the specifics of that? Like, that, that has to be something you just say. Now, if you don't have any good answers, that's fine. If the, if the real quote should be, we've gotten into the specifics and we don't have any good answers, okay, that would be honest. But don't tell me you haven't gotten into the specifics. Your job is to be studying the specifics at all times. I know I'm ranting here. I know I sound really angry, but it's just it was a really bad postseason interview. It was a really bad season wrap-up. I know he's trying to set the groundwork and set expectations for what's to come. And so set your expectations, Indians fans. Like, be ready for this, because this is going to be a rough offseason. Be ready for the young guys. Start studying the prospect rankings, and we'll we'll talk about it. Believe me, we'll talk about it this offseason. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in the postseason wrap-up episode, and we're going to continue. We're going to learn who guys like Kai Tom are. We're going to learn who Yu Chang is, uh, Bobby Bradley, because these guys are probably going to be starting on the roster. I mean, there's a really, really good chance that we don't sign a free agent, we use our farm system, and that's who we move forward with. I mean, that's, that's the point of the farm system is you're supposed to home grow players out of it, right? So we'll see. We, and, and if they trade Lindor, then you're going to have an inflection of talent. Maybe some of it will be major league ready talent. Maybe there'll be a future guy or two in there, just like we got for Bauer, just like we got for Clevenger. So uh, we'll, I mean, yeah. So we're, there's going to be some names we're going to have to learn and know going into next season. So I thought that was interesting. And then I, I watched a little bit of the movie Moneyball recently, and I know it's Hollywood, right? I know it's based off a book, so it's based off a true story. It is a Hollywood production, but there is a scene in there in the very beginning of the movie where Brad Pitt is talking to the owner. I think it's supposed to be um, Steven Schott, and he's talking to the owner, and he's basically telling him, just give me a little bit more money, right? Just give me a little bit. And the owner tells him, you're going to go out and do the best job you can recruiting new players. Hang on. Let me get into the actual mindset of Steven Schott. It's 
you're going to go out and do the best job you can recruiting new players. That's, that's what he tells Billy Bean. That's what he tells Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt responds, this is why I'm here. This is why you hired me. And I got to ask you, what are we doing here? If it's not to win a championship, that's my bar, right? What are we doing here if it's not to win a championship? What did Chris Antonetti said? Our objective as an organization, build a consistently competitive team. What was Billy Bean's objective in Moneyball? Win a championship. That's the difference right there. That's the difference. And yes, it was a fictionalized, you know, version of history from Hollywood. It always is. But I got to believe that the really Billy the real Billy Bean, that was his objective. Right? And that is not Chris Antonetti's objective. That is not um Dolan's objective, Paul Dolan's objective and Chernoff's objective. It probably is Terry I got to imagine it's Terry Francona's objective. But our front office the front office that was kind of built by Mark Shapiro. I don't know about John Hart going all the way back to the 90s. I feel like that guy was trying. With the amount of trades they made and the guys we gave up, the Giles and the Jeff Kents and the guys of the world that we gave up that went on to be stars in other places, it feels like the economics of it have changed. The, the, the approach in Cleveland has changed. And he straight up told you, he straight up sat on a Zoom camera and told Cleveland Indians fans that their objective is to build a consistently competitive team. And I think that's what rubbed me the wrong way. Just this this balance of watching Moneyball and then hearing Antonetti say these things. And I'm thinking, why isn't the objective to win a championship? My objective is a fan to win a championship. That's why I stand out in the bleachers and scream. That's why I you know, buy Indians gear. And that's why I throw parties to watch playoff games because I want to see us win a championship. I want to win. I was downtown when the Cavs won a championship. That was one of the most fun days of my life. Me and my wife and one of my best friends were downtown. We were on uh, East 4th Street and it was one of the most wild things I'd ever seen. We were down there for the parade I want that for baseball. I want that for the Indians. I was at game one of the World Series against the Cubs, and I wanted a championship. I was at uh, game three against the Astros in the divisional series, the first home game of that series. And even though we were getting destroyed, and even though we ended up losing that game, I wanted a championship. So, yeah. Uh, I doubt Chris Antonetti listens to Cleveland Baseball Mornings, but if you're friends with him, pass the message along that us Indians fans want a championship. We've wanted it since 1948. We wanted it in 54. We wanted it in 95, 97, 2007, 2016, and we still want it today in 2020, and we want it next season in 2021. All right, so that is my Big rant on everything Antonetti said. I want to talk a little bit about the MLB postseason. I think they were branding it as the fall frenzy. I think that's what, you know, like March Madness, you know, is a huge brand. I think they were going to try to brand this new postseason, this 16-team format, as the fall frenzy. And I got to say, 
They got to work on their search engine optimization, their SEO, because when you Google Fall Frenzy 2020, the first thing that comes up is the Moncado Pepper Softball League. So, uh, yeah, Major League Baseball, you may want to work on that SEO for Fall Frenzy. I don't think it's really caught on yet. Uh, there's a disc golf fall frenzy. So, uh, yeah, a walleye tournament fall frenzy. So they're really going to have to work on that fall frenzy name. As far as the actual bracket goes and uh, that opening round, that wild card round, I got to say, it was kind of fun. It was, I mean, obviously the Indians getting bounced to nothing wasn't fun. But having all those games on on the same day, that second day when everybody was playing, it did feel like Thursday of March Madness. It, I did have that feel where I'm checking on different games. I'm bouncing to different feeds so that I could see, is a game close? Is a pitcher doing great? Is there a big at bat? I was kind of enjoying the full day of it. Now, as far as the results go, six of the eight series were all sweeps, all 2 nothing sweeps. So that doesn't really show the competitive balance that you wanted to see. However, some there were some upsets, right? Houston is a six seed. Yankees is a five seed. Move on. Um, the Marlins as a six seed. Move on in the NL. So there were some upsets in the first round. You definitely got that. And then things have kind of shaken out. The Dodgers and the Braves, you know, they face each other. I think tonight or maybe tomorrow they start their series. And Tampa Bay and Houston have already played a game. Tampa Bay is up 1-0. Thank, thank you, Tampa Bay. Right? Houston is public enemy number one in baseball right now. We need Tampa Bay to take them down. They shouldn't even be here. Houston was under 500. They sh- you should not make the playoffs under 500. What are we, the NBA? So, is 16 teams going to work in the future? Does that get reduced to back down to what we were at 10 do they go up to 12 and do, um, you know, the first two teams get a bye, just like the NFL's been doing? Uh, they talked about a seven-team postseason where the number one seed would get a bye and the other six teams would play. I don't think in baseball a team wants a bye. I'm going to be honest with you. I think you either go with the 10 teams and the one-game plan that we've been doing, or I think you stick with this 16. I don't think a team wants to sit there for a week and not play baseball. It doesn't work well in football sometimes. Sometimes the best teams get rusty from sitting around for two weeks. So I think these guys want to play and play consistently and ride that momentum into the postseason. So I absolutely would not be shocked if this postseason format is back next year. It was fun. It was surprising. I think the uh, the best teams have kind of risen to the top with aside from Houston, who... The Twins let us down on that one. The Minnesota Twins, their playoff demons continue to haunt them. We really needed the Twins. And then the A's. I thought the A's were going to come storming back, especially if they jump up 3-0, I think, in game four there. And then Houston's offense has just been on fire. Uh, Michael Brantley has just been on fire. Uh, How much do you miss him? I know his days of playing the outfield might be pretty much behind him, but how much do you miss Michael Brantley hitting in the three-hole in the lineup? So we'll see what happens. Hopefully Tampa Bay makes it from the AL. I feel like the championship, the real championship is this NLCS. The Dodgers and the Braves are clearly, clear. they, they haven't lost a game yet in the postseason. I think they're clearly the best two teams in baseball. So 
Anything can happen in the World Series. You never know. Tampa Bay can pull an upset. Those guys are sneaky good. But I think the Dodgers and the Braves are clearly the two best teams about to face each other right now. So that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. I hope it wasn't too negative for you. I hope, you know, if you, if I like Chris Antonetti, all right? And if you're an Antonetti fan out there, I, I do like some of the decisions Antonetti and Chernoff had made in this front office. I, I agree with some of the trades. I agree with trading Bauer and Kluber, okay? I, Clevenger was a little iffy, but, I mean, when he blows out his arm pitching for the Padres, you kind of feel like you won the trade, don't you? I mean, I don't I don't wish anybody has a career-ending injury, but it kind of makes you feel like you won the trade when the guy can't even pitch in the postseason. So I agree with some of these things that this team has done to prepare for the future. I would actually be okay if they if they rebuilt. If they actually came out and said, we're going to try to rebuild for two seasons and get back and get get an offensive core together. Because right now you've got a great pitching core. You do not have an offensive core to this team. So, uh, yeah, I've supported some of their decisions, but this press conference just really, really got under my skin. So we'll continue to stay positive. We'll continue to think good thoughts and see where this 2020-2021 postseason or, uh, yeah, off-season continues to take us. So, hey, I got to give a shout-out to everybody that's been listening all season. Thank you so much. It's so cool to see how much this show has grown in this short 60-game season. I have a lot of fun doing it. It's been a really great hobby. And thank you for listening. Thank you if you've been on Apple Podcasts and you've been giving it five stars. We've got a nothing but five-star reviews on Apple, and I can't thank you enough. If you're an Apple Podcast listener... Jump over really quick, scroll down, find where you can leave a star rating. It's as easy as one click. Go ahead and give us give us the stars that you think the show deserves. I appreciate the feedback. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Ferris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. If anything goes down this offseason, shoot me an email. Tell me your thoughts. We'll talk about it on the air. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.